Hello and welcome back to Adventure's Edge, Heroes of the Vale, episode 13. Ooh. Lucky number 13. Look. Now we're at a baker's oh, dozen. Oh, ba- yeah, yeah. Baker's dozen. There you go. My favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Donuts. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Yeah, kind of. Or cupcakes. Or cookies. Okay. Well, we are going to try to just get right to it today. Um, This is going to be a slightly different episode because I think we're going to split between a little bit of summarizing and a little bit of talking. So did somebody actually do a little recap to remember where we're at? Of course I've got one. All right, cool. (laughs) Uh, Last week we confirmed that knowledge that uh, doors are bad. Uh, after finding mushrooms that we need, we also found doors that we hadn't investigated yet. As adventurers, of course, we had to look for trouble, and, well, we found it. Uh, an iron door that rebuked even the ultimate of Bramble's lockpicking skills, and another door that required three of us tripping over each other before it finally opened, and then a final door that we really looked for, uh, where we found a skeleton dwarf eager to reject our arrival. But still, we managed to win the day, as well as a host of... Random magical bolts, a ring, and a key that opened up the iron door. This leads to some kind of vast cellar below, possibly dwelled upon by kobolds, possibly with ancient cultists. But with a sickness awaiting its cure and a possible evil temple below us, what to do next? That sounds like you guys have been talking. We have. Yeah. 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 We have. It is probably best, given that we have an unknown danger below us. And an unknown sickness awaiting us. We should probably lock this up and maybe come back later. I feel full of adventure right now, so I'm, I'm I need to go and digest this first before you we go eat. You still have a belly of fire and like nineteen holes in your body. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes. So Bramble, now we got a question. Do you think we keep the keys? Yes. We should lock up this door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We keep the keys. Okay. Close the door, lock the door, put the stuff back in front of the door. Mm. Yep. Con- construction. Ugh. <laughs> I will uh, drag I've, that. I've got that. I could help with that too. Um, I would like to take that, that plate or that breastplate home just to see if it's got some worth to it. Sure. All right. And then the sword, because I mean, we've got to be at least, I've, I've got to make a living somehow then. Okay, so it's, it sounds like we're going to block the door up, collect all the various loots that you've found so far, yes, and distribute them uh, however you want to carry them. Oh, one thing's in here. I found this ring. Could you take a look at oh, it for me? sure. It's magical, but I couldn't really get a good idea of what. That is a... Oh, I need to look. Do, 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 do. Um, 21. That is enough to identify the ring. Uh, based on, so it is a, a uh, and I did share that picture last mm-hmm. time. It is a simple gold ring with a large red gemstone set into it that sparkles with an inner fire. And uh, there are some etchings on the ring to uh, clue you in that this is, um, you're going to call it the ring of Zakad. Mm-hmm. And the wearer of the ring gains Fire resistance 10 against the first fire attack that hits you in that day. And additionally, renews itself every, at every dawn. And additionally, uh, it's a plus one res, uh, resistance to saves made against fire spells and effects. And it must be worn for 24 hours to have an effect. Oh. And you'll have to attune to it, too. I share all that information. Oh, that's a lot. Um, is there anybody who would think that they could value from this i mean we're adventurers all of us are going to get set on fire eventually yes yes so well we'll just hang on to it for yeah, right yeah now. we can figure that out you're right we got a long walk okay i'll pocket it all right so you you spend a half hour collecting everything borrowing things 
probably doing a quick cursory check to make sure you didn't drop any valuables along the way. Would like to take see if I could possibly take one of the warg's fangs out. Uh, sure. You could you could definitely do that. Okay. I'm going to craft it for somebody. You know, little little tooth tooth necklace. Yeah. So once we gather everything up, I imagine the plan would be to head back to the lake where the boat is okay. and take the boat back to town. All right. That sounds like an excellent idea. So you, uh, yeah, carrying all your, your, your loot and the uh, well-earned curatives, you stride back out of the front gates of the monastery and begin walking down to the lake, probably looking back with a bit of concern about what may lie beneath there, and wondering if perhaps in the future you shall return. And as you begin walking to the lake, you do you do see the skies are darkening. When you had crossed it this morning, you know, Zinnia, you you'd determined that some rain was in the future, so you think it is probably going to rain overnight, if not sooner. But uh, you get back down to the canoe, it is there, it seems to be exactly the way you left it, and with a little bit of care and... Uh, precision rowing you manage to all get back into the canoe position yourselves and your gear and everything and it sounds like you're going to just kind of follow the shore to the river and then row your way back home which at this point is about seven miles or so and the canoe is definitely like it's heavy on the water so you're not going to be making record time but uh, tommy's very skilled at what he does Punching things? And rowing and rowing. navigating a boat. Oh, pa- pa- oh, Paddling. Oh. Paddling. It's a canoe. Oh, I suppose, yeah. That's, that's, you learn things. That is correct. Yep. Paddling the canoes. Yeah. And punching everything else. Yep, that's right. <laughs> you might be good at rowing, too. Paddling but and I'm punching. Sure paddling is the same. Ooh, that could be Ooh. your new shop. <laughs> Paddle and punch. Yeah. <laughs> be a very strange shop. Yeah. We'll still find paddles a, and punch. <laughs> we're going to find a Venn diagram for Tommy's skill set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then we're going to do a little bit of quick travel montage because we're going to expedite things since we're going to do a little fast travel. So you will be getting there after dark. And. Along the way, basically you're making your way through the river. To the south side of the river is the more fae occupied of the Hollywood, and to the north is the more creatures and possibly goblin-infested areas of the Hollywood, but you you stay far enough from the shore to keep yourself free of dangers. It does begin to lightly rain along the way, forcing Zinnia to probably take a position on the boat. Mm-hmm. And her meager 12 pounds sinks it. No. <laughs> wow. I am kidding. It, it doesn't help, but it doesn't. It's not the, it's not the straw. So uh, other than that, along the way, it, you have a light rain, and as darkness settles, the only thing that's interesting uh, before you get back to the city is that, I'd say probably halfway, you do spot a large dire boar drinking water on the North Shore. And I'm giving it away that it's a dire boar. I'm hoping somebody's incredible knowledge nature, because I'm pretty sure you have some among you, uh, identify it as that. And you're probably about uh, 10 yards away from it as you uh, row past, and it kind of looks up from its drinking. It's kind of eyes gleaming in the, in the dusk. But it, other than that, you just keep rowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paddling. Yes. <laughs> I push him in the water. <laughs> that just happened. Sorry. You get this all day, every day, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Paddling. Paddling. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, but that's, that's pretty much it. It's, it's a you know, relatively quiet ride besides the sounds of the forest. So after dark, you... You reach uh, Raven Rock and you see, you know, you see the, the, the hill of the city illuminated in the, in the early night. Still plenty of activity going on as you reach the docks. I'll cast light when it got dusk a little bit, just so we can see in front of us. Sure. 
Uh, there's still some workers that may be doing some, uh, you know, late evening cleanup, but uh, most of the activity is, is died down as you uh, paddle the canoe up to the dock. Tommy, you feel like you've been away from work for a little while here. and Yeah, I took a day, yeah, a couple, couple some days. vacation. Yep. So you, you you throw some lines and secure uh, secure the canoe. You see, I see some of the dock workers kind of look up curiously as you facilitate getting everybody safely out of the canoe, and you can all stretch your legs because by then you're probably very tired. Okay. Well, we need to get these up to the Laurel. Uh, yeah, Laurel. Roots and Remedies. Yeah, Roots yeah. and Remedies. I forgot the name of it. We'll need to get these up to the Roots and Remedies. Okay, let's go. Well, assuming then that you stick together and make haste, you uh, uh, hurry through the town, which, I mean, there are people out and about, but again, it doesn't have the same feel. It's just there seems to be a pall over the town, and you reach the roots and remedies. Um, the shop seems quiet as you knock on the door, and uh, Laurel answers with just con- lines of concern on her face. She just looks, she looks exhausted. As she sees you, and it takes her even a moment to like realize who you are. It's like, and then hope washes over, and she says, "You've returned." Did, did we've we've got them all free. Oh, thank the gods! Come, come in, come in. And uh, that just perks her up as she rushes back behind and starts gathering her books and stuff. And then you presumably begin presenting the ingredients. Yes. Yep. And then we offer to help with any prep work that needs to be done. That is very generous. I, I certainly take it. It's been a very difficult few days. Uh, it shouldn't take me more than, I think, an hour to get enough of this. And uh, she looks and looks pleased at all the ingredients you have. And it looks like you, you definitely have plenty. Oh, this is splendid. Let's, let's get it in. So she starts taking the ingredients and then... I mean, not everybody can help because her shop is a Perhaps bit we could gather people or let them know the news. So if there's anybody at home, we can, or we got to get it to them, maybe. Oh, we'll, we'll need to take it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have a list there. Not everybody's made it, mm-hmm. but uh, let's get that done. So she, um, she begins working on it and I, I, you know, assuming that you just all wait around a little bit or I don't know if some of you want to go off and do something while that's happening. Or are you just going to kind of wait to facilitate? I want to make sure one of the lumberjacks in the second episode, his uncle was sick. And I promised him that I would get get some to his uncle, I believe. Mm, His nephew. Nephew. Evo. Evo. Yeah, there you go. I want to make sure that he gets some. Do you want chicken to your sister? Yeah, that her, obviously. (laughs) Okay. But I wanted to make sure that... Because I made him a promise. So okay, I would like to check on my mentor. I, I this adventure took so long that I forgot his name. Umros. <laughs> Umros. I want to see. You know, she said some of them didn't make it. It's a fifty-fifty here. Maybe a maybe a twenty eighty. <laughs> Did you want to do that while they're? Yeah, we can do that if that's okay. Okay. Um. Okay. And so let's, because we kind of, kind of move things along. So you're going to go check on Umrah's. So Tommy, were you going to wait there or run? I'll well, go, I'm going to wait yeah. until we get the stuff wait, and then I'm going to take care. it to Bree okay. and this other yeah, guy. First. Yeah. So are we all just going to wait then? So it's just going to be Darun that's going to kind of run off for a few minutes. Okay. So the four of you wait in the shop, help as you can. And she definitely will put you to work uh, to help basically, you know, divide out. The, uh, uh, it's going to be basically a, like a potion. And uh, she begins working as quick as she can to start getting the batch ready. And, but yeah, she definitely assures you, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be plenty. So, Darun, mm. you, you hurry back to Lomosa's house where you've been living for the last year. And uh, it's quiet. The lights are off as you get there. And you open the door. And the house is empty. Was it Glenda? Gilda. Gilda. Should say Gilda Radner. Gilda. So I'll go um, knock on her door. 
All right, you knock on the door. Yeah, there was there was a, a lamp on, and she she opens the door and looks at you, and um, she just she has a sad look to her face, and she sees you, and she's like, Darun, Darun, you've returned. Oh, I'm so glad you're alive. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, Darun, I'm so sorry. He didn't make it. It was just this morning I went and checked on him and he, I'd been, oh, I'm so sorry. He didn't make it. Where's his body? Well, the priest came and he's, he's being prepared at the temple. All right. Do you need anything? Oh, I I need to give you things. He, he left, uh, he left things for you. Uh, unless it's an urgent, uh. I will come back in the morning for them. Okay. Uh, I am sorry. Thank you for watching him and being there with him. Uh, yes, of course. I I did everything I could. I I know you did. And I'll maybe, you know, put my hand on her hand or or you know try to be as like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Give, her some, give her some comfort. Sure. Mm. And then I will head back. All right. So about twenty minutes later, Dayroon returns. And within an hour or so, uh, Laurel finishes the cure and you, you know, you're helping her divvy it out between bottles and um, pretty soon you have about 25 different doses ready. And she has a list of names and she says, so she's going to take some and then presumably you can either go in groups or just basically, or you guys could call for help too if you want. I mean, it's not really at this point totally on you to save everybody, but you're the one standing here. There's only 25 doses. I mean, there's only 25 people that need to, that's it. That was it. Oh. Um, she. And you feel like all of that for 25 people? A little bit. But now we know, <laughs> just in case, I mean, you know. Sorry. So she, are, they, are they still drinking the water? Maybe we can, you know. So <laughs> she will tell you that, that five people passed. And, but the, that, yeah, if another day had gone, you think that's, you know, we might have doubled that. That didn't make it because there's some people in very bad condition. Well, I will take at least one or two of the doses and make my way up to my parents' house to to give some to Bree. Okay. I'll help with the list. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Me as well. So maybe we should split it up. Yeah. We'll just start delivering. All right. So you, uh, yeah, you you separate. And quickly begin going around the town, and uh, and word word will probably spread pretty quickly. So within the hour, you've you've delivered the curatives to all of the infected. And Tommy, you you know you go home. You know your 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 house is a bit quiet, but as you go inside, you mean you just kind of go in. You see your, uh, you see your, your both your mom and dad are there, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they just look expectant, like, Tommy, you, you've, you've returned. Yeah, yeah, I've got the medicine for Bree. So I'll just start going upstairs. Okay. Uh, I mean, she, she's going to follow you. Your, your dad kind of staying back kind of quiet. You, uh, you go, you know, headed up the stairs and, yeah, she's still in the bed and still looking pretty weak. But, uh, and it, she definitely looks even paler. Her cheeks have sunken in a little bit. But she sees you and gives you a wan smile and is like, Mommy, you've returned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zinni and I got the medicine for you. Here, drink this. <laughs> she will. You can probably have to help her. Can I like sit sure. up a little bit and and drink it down? She's like really weak and has some trouble with it and kind of coughs a bit. But she gets it all down, and uh, you can see some color kind of almost immediately start coming into her cheeks. So she's like, "Oh, that's 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 not bad." Yeah, well, it feels well, it feels good going down. Well, it's it's good. I'll I'll stay there to kind of comfort her. That's probably where I would be for the rest of the day. Okay. Yeah, and after I finish deliveries, I'm gonna I'm gonna head over. All right. To Brina, yeah, yeah. She, uh, I mean, she perks up a little bit seeing you, and, and then she's like really happy, but she's also exhausted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can while you guys are watching her, that the color comes back under her cheeks, and then. You know, she feels like you like 
her temperature immediately starts going down. And you can see, then she's like, I think I want to just kind of sleep now. And you kind of let her just rest and attend to her. And uh, you, you feel very good that she's going to make it, make it through. And pretty much similar experiences across the town as word spreads. And you think that you have done a pretty heroic deed, really, saving all these people. Even though not everybody made it, made it to the night. So, Trunk, you, I mean, you delivered a few and you probably ended up, I mean, I, I don't know where you ended up amongst this, but um, I'm kind of imagining that one of the priests from the temple, maybe, because uh, the, they, they, they were still kind of attending the people and you maybe ran into one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's a, a, actually... I mean, you, I, I don't know how you see yourself, like, uh, you know, you, whether or not you, you're like, oh, I'm a priest or I'm a cleric or how you self-identify because you didn't have the proper training, but you learn through interacting that um, she, is a, uh, she is a cleric of Asana, which is, you know, your, your patron. So it's the first person that you've run into anywhere that, like, worships Asana the way you do. Um, like in fairness, Trunk doesn't even really know that he or who he worships. He has a friend that communes with him from the sun and has given him the ability to restore and heal. Um, so if this other cleric is similar and says that, you know, she worships this Asana, that's, I mean, interesting to trunk but i don't know that he's gonna really recognize that we're the same thing necessarily okay like unless some of the things that she does like visibly looks identical to what i do okay well i'm I'm imagining because you probably have a, a holy symbol that you maybe have crafted i do not i have the trait <laughs> the scar trait my oh. holy symbol is literally the scars on my body. Oh, that's right. Interesting. I if she would recognize that. Well, I don't know if she would, but I think that you would, re- you would recognize the holy symbol because you probably have seen the symbol in dreams and stuff. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> well, just think about your connection. It's a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, so she, she will, uh, she's kind of a, a middle-aged human. Uh, her name is Zephora. So if you don't recognize her for what she is, I think she then she will recognize you at least, or, or the two of you will somehow sense this little, this kindredship. Sure. And so, um, and since you've, you know, you come back with these, these, you know, these healing potions that uh, when it's kind of starting to be over, she, she invites you to come to the temple to talk. She's very curious about how you you came to be a fellow worshiper or follower. Sure, right. Or... Um, yeah, no, I think the, the curiosity of someone who's experienced even something close to what I have, I would follow her to the temple, see what she has to say. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to have them extend or the, the, her extend a, a place for you to stay for the night if you wanted, if you end up kind of, because it seems like people are scattering a little bit and you guys really didn't have a moment other than this long ride, which you probably did have some discussions to really get a sense of what you've accomplished, but it's late at night and not everything will, will probably, you know, fully be talked about. You know, before, yeah, you know how you're, like you're so exhausted. You're starting to hallucinate. I'm at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you had a very difficult few days. Um, Ones that we weren't used to. Like that was a lot. For yeah. Us. So I don't want to, gl- I, I, I feel like I'm going to probably think about some things later, but when it all is said and done, uh, it seems like everybody kind of has a, has a place to go. And then Bramble, you're, I don't know if you're going to try to hang out with Zinnia or you're kind of left there. Um, but uh, did you have an idea of where, like your feeling of what you wanted to do? Um, I, f- I feel like, um, my brain would immediately, uh, be going back to Zinnia 
um, and assuming that she's at Tommy's house. Okay. And I, I'm sure that they can probably find a place for you to stay for the night. I, I know a guy who, who just cleared out of this room. <laughs> if you need a place to, uh, to lay your head. <laughs> wow. There's some uh, rationalization out of it, I mean. Well, and I've, I've got my own place, too. Yeah. That, you know, I could have other people there, too. Okay. <laughs> he's really, really clean. You wouldn't think, you know, but he's, that's like, do you have like an OCD about cleanliness in your apartment? Uh, no. No. Probably. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Just tank tops uh, everywhere, huh? Just, <laughs> sleeveless yeah. tees everywhere. Just, yeah. <laughs> sleeveless tees everywhere. Uh, All right. Okay. So, oh, you know, and I totally forgot. I, I rebuilt the Raven Rock map in Roll20. Uh, let me present that to you. I'm not going to really just, just, I think it's, I think it looks better now. And it is to scale. Um, and all your various houses and stuff are there. Mm. So, so anyway, we can kind of go over that. So I think the point of that is you don't get the full hurrah tonight, but you all do eventually find your way to a bed and get some well-deserved sleep before you know the following day and to see what all is going to come out from that so unless there was something else you wanted to do i'm actually going to propose we break here i did want to just have a moment with or basically go to the temple and kind of say my goodbyes oh sure that's a small little detail that i can just keep to myself before i go to bed no that would be fine and probably by the time you did that i'm thinking that trunk actually might be at the temple. True. That's okay. Sounds yeah. like. Mm-hmm. So kind of engaged with, uh, you know, having a conversation with this. Uh... So we're going to stop there. I realize okay. as an episode, that's pretty short, but what we're going to do now is kind of spend a few minutes as like a decompression. This is your first, first step on the way to become heroes. Your characters have gone through a little bit of evolution. First step, I'm already a hero. What are you talking about? You're in your own mind. Um, (laughs) Say that to the mirror every day. (laughs) Who's the hero? I'm the hero. Yeah, and Tommy definitely has a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to possibly pass this over to you guys. I mean, what, what what I would like to do... And, and I was kind of, you know, wanting to do more like, as you leveled up and you kind of have this, like, you know, you've grown in strength and you learned some new powers, an opportunity for you to kind of talk about what you're, you know, where you are as a character and how you think your character's experiences through this first part of the journey have affected you and anything else you want to kind of say about yourself. And if you have some other questions about each other or something else you want to talk about um, and spend about, you know. 15, 20 minutes to end up just having a discussion. Sure. Does anybody else, does anybody would like me to start? Well, I'm going to ask Dayrun. Mm. You don't seem too broken up about I, your mentor. I kind of hold it inside. It's, uh, it, I, 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 he was not a very, the way I saw it, he wasn't a very giving man. Hmm. So it's almost maybe like a relationship of, and I might've had my own moments or maybe when I go back to my room and kind of lose it. Um, I don't want to show that weakness and in front of other people um, see more of like, he was pretty hard on me. And uh, you know, I, I, uh, I felt like he doubted me a lot. It's kind of what I created in my head of my skills. But when he got sick, I started taking over for everything, you know, and, and trying to do everything. And I kind of proved myself with this adventure that I can do something. I am worth something to this world. And so, um, and I guess since he was sick before I left, it was kind of like, no surprise. You know, like when you don't have time to think about something because you keep yourself busy with something else? Sure. I think I did that with the adventure. Like I just was so, I had this other purpose now. So it kind of seemed like, he wasn't like a mentor as in like I just worked for him because I was sent to work there in town. So it's not like I grew up and he taught me everything. He just taught me more about the skills of being this, this kind of druid and being part of this, this um, association and 
like the earth elders are very like even keel. They don't like to show emotion because to them it's, there's a science behind the mystic. Okay. That's the way I see that. Okay. Yeah, he, I, yeah, I had some, I have some, some thoughts about it. You know, I just don't know where Howard Duran sees himself now is like he wants to do something like now he kind of proved to himself he wants to do something more epic, but he's kind of tied by this group of people telling him what to do. So that might be the next challenge for him because he's going to get, you know, I mean, he part of this association he's been with so long and. You know, what are they? What good are they doing for the, the people, the actual people? That's why maybe he saw some behind this curtain of you know how you think this organization you're part of is so good and golden, and you maybe see some cracks in the wall of just like maybe they're more caught up in themselves, and they are completely uh, separated from the actual world of mm. people, of living things, of not just building these monuments and taking care of these monuments, these physical things, but they have no interaction with the actual people of who, who use them. Hmm. Deep, right. huh? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Pulling back a little bit of the, the, the curtain there. All right. I think uh, one of the questions I had was for Tommy. He's hmm. the only one of us that kind of has a stable life. Like the others don't really have serious commitments or places that we, you know, quote unquote, live in any kind of structured way. But Tommy's got family, he's got a job, and immediately after this, I imagine, since we've got a podcast and we intend to do something, <laughs> no, uh, no, that's it. <laughs> we're, we'll probably have, you know, adventure number two that's going to be creeping up. And how does Tommy feel about the idea of potentially walking away from this life of stability? Well, I imagine going on this adventure is probably what's would spur that to action. So the fact that, you know, instead of, doing the mundane, waking up and just doing the work every single day, being able to be a hero as opposed to kind of just a disappointment to his family, (laughs) Um, you know, where he's got other people that rely on him and he can rely on them that, you know, maybe that is enough to, to have Tommy, you know, quit his job and live a life of adventure. What's mom going to say about that? Well, she'll be disappointed. She's always disappointed. But she has to be happy with what you brought. I mean, you saved her daughter. Yep. <laughs> oh, yep. So. I mean, a disapproving mother doesn't have to be happy about anything. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Yeah. So um, kind of immaterial to what they believe. The, you know, the look of Brie, you know, when he brings the potion or the healing to her, you know. That feeling. I mean, I imagine that's a that's a crazy high, you know. So, oh yeah. So yeah, maybe he he goes in search of more of that. Mm. Plus, there's kind of that fact that Bree has been telling you these fantastic stories about her fairy friend that Tommy for the longest time has gone. Oh, you keep having your cool imagination, and mm-hmm. now the fact that it's real has to kind of awaken a little bit of a sense of wonder in Tommy as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Because, and he's certainly much more kindred to the the faith than a normal person would be. Right. So, um, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. It was probably a little easier to leave for Tommy now than it would have been. And, and, and I, I have these various little scenes that I'm looking forward to in the next episode, but it's the idea that these types of these types of experiences are transformative i mean you've faced death you 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 really i mean mm-hmm. you went from a normal life to like 3 days of danger and uncertainty and a little bit of desperation mm-hmm. um and it has a way of changing people and that's kind of what i was like mm-hmm. yeah how how does it change you know your characters yeah, that because I'm really looking for. I mean, people who've listened this far into the story, and thank you for doing that, is something a little bit different. 
where it's not, you know, whoa, we're going to do this, you know, adventure path. And there's this expectation that you're going to go on this huge quest. I was like, I really wanted to have real growth, like something maybe organic where you guys, yeah, you, you were thrust into this because you all had a, a specific interest to do it. You weren't forced to do it. It was like, you, this was a purpose that you did because of people you cared, cared for. And that now changes you. And that's what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So. So let me ask uh, you, Matt, the player, but um, more of, so um, do you think that as far as what was, how, how is now your thoughts on humans or humanoids or people who live in these houses? Has it changed at all, or are you just more mystified? Um, I mean, in terms of society and mm-hmm. r- rules and civilization, um, Trunk never really had a, a problem with it. It's just something that's completely different. Uh, like, he lives in the Feywoods, where, you know, at least his perspective of things, there's no such thing as, like, ownership. People borrow and trade and play and there's mischief and, you know, a pixie snatching a potion in the middle of uh, the woods. Well, that's normal. You know, didn't mean any harm by it kind of thing. Um, So being kind of thrown into this place where there are rules, uh, it's something that he's certainly figuring out and confused about. Um, But ultimately his kind of outward goal is everybody should just be able to have access to that kind of joy or happiness or whatever childlike wonder yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Peter, um, peter pan <laughs> we were just talking about it, peter it, pan in a way yeah um so i think part of him looks at civilization as this kind of arbitrary set of rules that someone set down but he's not sure that there's a good reason for some of it sure. Um, so disrupting some of that to bring kind of the fey frivolity to the civilized world may be something that he wants to do. Um, but like part of his other goal is the fey have this belief of the summer lands where they're destined to go or where they came from. And until they're there, they're kind of incomplete. And if we can't go there maybe there is a way to bring some of that summerland magic here so this is a more complete home and that doesn't necessarily mean you know bring down civilization but mm-hmm. maybe introduce something that isn't there some of that fey wonder to other people might be a path to making that happen hmm. good answer to that question very well <laughs> I don't think Trunk could articulate just, any of that. Right. <laughs> it is hard from a standpoint when you play characters that pretty much sit inside a lot of standard civilization rules throughout society, throughout human society, and we kind of play along those rules too, right? I mean, just what a, a town is and what the laws are and good and bad. And and it's kind of more of the fey, uh, interesting, like how to play a fey character. Like how do you necessarily kind of – you kind of have to break from that structure, even though it's part of you as a growing up as a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of that extra little hurdle that Trunk has to jump over because, like, statistically, objectively, yeah. a troll is not no. a fairy. And deep down, deep down, Trunk knows that, but yeah. that is not a fact he likes. Yeah. Does he feel accepted? By oh, the yeah. the fairy world? Like, he. He views himself as Fey, and I, you know, everybody else treats seems in the Fey woods seems to treat him as, you know, just the big guy, which is fine. We could actually ask the other Fey here on the table what they think. Like how how Zinnia like and Bramble, I guess either one takes this question. Like how did you so Rochelle's person? You played a lot of characters throughout your life. Was this any different than? Any other character in a way of of being challenged to be a little bit different and how you perceived like was it playing any different character than anything else outside of flying <laughs> constantly outside of the fact that I could fly right. I mean yeah the flying is really cool um gosh I mean 
Yes, but I think part of that is part of that is just the idea that I I'm I'm trying to remember if this is the first time that I've actually played in a completely new world. Sure. And I think that may be true. I think I've always played in an like an existing, you know, like sure. like a Galarian, yep. you know, or you know, something that's been formally written. Yep. And so there's still a lot that I think is unknown, and you know, like, well, what does it mean to be to be Fey in in Telus? And so there's still a lot of unknowns. And so, like, you know, when Trunk says, oh, well, that's just, you know, pixies do that. And then, and then thinking about, well, Zinnia is like, no, that's not just, pixies are slimy little, <laughs> you know, <laughs> words I probably shouldn't say, you know. And so, like, it's, I don't know. So there's that whole idea of, like, you know, what is normal mm-hmm. as being a fae and what is, what is just Zinnia's. Uh, feelings about it and yeah i don't know so there's that whole expect that whole like exploration and and as a world builder where this there is a a degree of collaboration here i Mm -hmm. love the creative elements that you guys have brought to the table like we had some broad parameters but yeah you're you're fleshing out you know, face society by the way you play and by the things that you're saying and your your thoughts on the pixies and like like that has now I mean that becomes the world right so it's, that's 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 fun for me mm-hmm. you know and and part of that is you know Trunk's perspective of it, he's he's just a kid in many ways so even within the fey world there's still a kind of structure like I assume there's fey courts. And, you know, I, I remember we're talking about like a king at some point and whatnot. And I'm like, Trunk is oblivious to even that. So even when Zinnia's perspective of, you know, fairy versus pixie, you know, whether that is a very personal individual quasi-racist perspective or a very, <laughs> like, or like, you know, a, no, a very legitimate thing. From experience. Yeah. Right. Um, Trunk's just like. None of that matters. <laughs> Just be happy. So, Bramble, what do you think Bramble thinks of, like, how does Bramble see this world of, I don't say, acceptable murder or just, like, death? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like, we're fighting evil. You probably, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, you know, us killing or people killing, like, wargs and skeletons and stuff. That might be a little bit of a shocker to you. I mean, we might have heard of stories. Do you think Bramble, he, how he, how do you think he reacted? Would have, like, how does he, he's thinking back on it, like, some crazy crap going on there? Yeah. Or just accept it because it's just the way. I feel like it's definitely um, out of the norm for Bramble. Um, I mean, a lot of what he's doing most of the time is just messing around, you know, having fun, entertaining. Um, so it's definitely different. Um, but also being friends with Zinnia, he understands kind of how she works. Um, so some of some of her actions and, and some of the violence coming from her isn't, like, too shocking, um, but still it's... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. No, I say no, no. feistiness, not violence, but. <laughs> so, Zinnia, I never imagined Zinnia was going to be, like, a violent fairy. Mm-hmm. That was never the intention. And I think that's one of the things that that is emerging in Zinnia's personality. Yeah. You you think it's, like, a new development rather I than. I do. Like, I did not imagine that yeah. Zinnia was going to be, like. I'm going to come and I'm going to like stab people in the eye. I think like Zinnia is like finding like, you know, that the, the, the thing with the warg. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. There's, you know. You seem to think it like everything that tries to hurt you personal and you get like irritated about it. <laughs> I, I, I think that Zinnia is maybe like becoming a very 
utilitarian and, mm-hmm. you know, embracing utilitarianism. Like, oh, That's more this thing is going to come back and hurt me or other things that I care about. So I got to take care of this now. Just creatively. I mean, with the creativity of like, yeah, however you have to do it, it has to be done. Like, yes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is maybe not what I want, but it's better than the alternative. Does that make you two who know her in a different light scared or just, <laughs> I mean, like if you think this has become this, you've known Xenia before th- this, right? Do you think this is a effect that humans have had Ooh, on, maybe. On, Ooh. on her? Um, Been hanging out with the humans. I mean, their idea of what violence is is completely different than ours until they saw it. Yes? No? Well, I mean, I can only speak from Trunk's perspective, of course, but, uh, you know, he would know that, you know, violence and killing things is not foreign to the Fae. True. Like, if anything, creatures that have <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> this kind of level of longevity, they look at mortality from a very different perspective. I mean, some might argue that Faye have, you know, vi- immortality. So the idea that, oh, you know, you can die and then that's it. Like, by some mythologies, Faye literally can't even comprehend that. So... Mm-hmm. Killing other things is just, you know, a fun prank. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know about the specific world of Telus here, but uh, Trunk is not so, you know, disturbed, uh, unaware. Sure. Well, are you disturbed? He, he, by he, that know, kind of... he knows that that's out there, okay. but I think his kind of childlike aspect of that is like he'll he'll participate in the fight. But the finality of it, I don't think he's comfortable with it. I don't mm. think he knows, like, he's ready for that. So, like, whenever it's time to decide, oh, well, is this fairy napper going to get killed? Or what do we do with the clearly, I'm going to eat and torture you wolf? Like, objectively, obviously, yes. Sure. Getting rid of those things, not a bad thing. But Trunk is still looking at that kind of finality, the actual killing blow as too much. Like he's here to stop bullies. Yeah. See, I don't ever, as in my perspective, I don't understand what like a red cap is. I don't understand that violence. I think of what fairies and fair are complete is this like what you explain like Summerland, la la la, you know, just like dancing <laughs> around a maypole, kind of doing weird stuff. Because I have no concept because I've never met them. So I was just like, I think Darun was a little concerned if you could stomach it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trunk is at the point where he can't stomach it yet, and mm-hmm. that's. Mostly out of immaturity. Like, he's going to have to grow up at some point. But for the moment, when that happens, we're just going to sing in my head and turn and look mm-hmm. away. And maybe that make it, will mean that it isn't real. I think Bramble is in a kind of similar situation. I wouldn't say it's to the point of, like, turning around and, like, plugging your ears and singing. Um, but it's, yeah, definitely something he's not used to. Um, obviously aware that violence is a thing. Um, and death, you know, happens and what it means. Um, but definitely, yeah, not, not used to it for sure. A little bit surreal to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tommy would be kind of in the same boat. I mean, he's certainly been in more than one Mm -hmm. fist fight in his life. Sure. But I mean, there's a pretty long jump between getting in a fist fight and, you know, killing something so while he wouldn't be you know unknown to violence but like the i imagine these were amongst the first monsters that he ever saw and got into battle with yeah um it's certainly with the um the hobgoblin that shot him with the arrow that's probably the closest that he's ever come to to death so yeah. And then there was the pixie that you was the closest you've come to literally wanting to commit <laughs> murder. Yeah, that was the closest. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I met, but, you know, again, Tommy's pretty young, too. Sure. See, see with Darun, I'm 75. So the amount of time I've been around, it's just, I mean, lived to a long time. So it just, I came up with a warrior clan. That's what I was raised so I knew all the stories of death and violence, and that's what they wanted me to go into. And I was for a while, but then I just couldn't handle it. Like, 
I left and then I've been training for a long time, which is this is what you'd have. I'm not like a young buck, but um, it took a while to, so I'm not old, but I'm not young in a certain mindset. But um, I kind of took me a while to find my true self. And I wasn't, I didn't want to become a, a warrior, but then I ended up committing these acts of violence just <laughs> like I was supposed, you know, I wanted yeah. to get away from. So I'm not, I'm, uh, he's used to all of the talk of, gore and war, but um, I don't think he really thought that he could do it. But I think he's now maybe more like surreal. I think he's a little bit more just become desensitized to it. Okay. So those are all some very good thoughts. Um, I I really love the character development, and I'm very excited to see how all of your characters continue to evolve. Do you guys have any questions about the story, the world? Like what's like what you're hoping for is next, what you think might be next. I mean, it just, I mean, have you had any thoughts about it? I'm surprised at how vast and unknown the forest is. Okay. Hmm. Because it seems like I would came in here thinking, oh, oh, they knew everything about this forest. And then of course, realizing, well, that's kind of a naive on my part, you know? Um, but just like how vast the forest is and unknown, you guys don't even, the Fae don't even know a lot about what it is. But yet you're curious, so, you know, it, what's, is it just amount of space it is and it seems daunting why you haven't explored more? Obviously, the, the story fits. It has to, right? Um, but, yeah, it's a massive forest. <laughs> if you well, look at it on a map, it's massive. Zinni is extremely small mm-hmm. and easily distracted mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of, oh. and Yeah, move on to the next thing. It's not like she's out there mapping and... One thing catches her attention, and oh, okay, spend some time here, and yeah. So if you have cartography as a skill, you have no excuse. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I think it might just be a different approach to existence. Like, you know, humans are explorers, and they want to map, and they want to know, categorize, and they want to know where everything is. And the fair more like, well, this is where we are, and this is where we party, and over there is where we go see the king. And like, why do you want to map everything? Yeah. Like. I'm just spending 30 years making daisy chains. What is, what's your problem, man? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like um, with Bramble and just fawns in general, um, they're very social and like community oriented. So they have everything they need right there. So why, why look for something else? I wonder how that is going to play into this next adventure with the Fae. So, Matt, you'd asked me earlier how Tommy would view the the potential of leaving to go on an adventure. Uh, for the Fae, I imagine they've been in that same forest all their lives. And the same could be said for them if that next adventure spurs them, you know, to the to the east, where there, there is no forest. You know, what kind of motivation are they going to have? Like a bigger city or something like that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Without that, I guess, driving sense of community, you know, or doing what's right, that more frivolous attitude, how how is that going to play? Yeah, like for Trunk, he's he's got kind of two parts of his mind going at the same time. There's this very general, you know, explore and see what's out there and bring kind of the the mirth of the fae to everyone else um but he also has kind of this deeper underlying thing so i mean he was found by the heart tree place that even fae don't tread um and like there's the question of you know how did he arrive there and like earlier in our gameplay we had to make a religion check and you made the comment like oh well I'm not a cleric. I don't really know religion. And I had to kind of chuckle because I am a cleric and I very intentionally have nothing in religion. Yeah. Um, and like normally when I sit down for a game, the first thing I do as a player is like, oh, dive into the mythology. Yep. I want to know everything about the gods. I want to know everything about this. Sure. I, I actively had to not read any of that because Trunk is oblivious to this. Yeah, we He's, could tell that you were really trying to avoid Don trying to connect the dots with, with the priest at the end because mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Well, see, and that's the thing. Like, the thing that ultimately kind of convinced Trunk to leave outside of, hey, there's somebody who needs your help, is he's been feeling 
that he's on the verge of like answering a call, but he just can't recognize. You had what mentioned that call that early, is. like early on, yeah. Um, so he feels like this is it. Now I'm going to finally understand more about why I can do these things and who I am and how I showed up here. And he's he's open to whatever answers he may find there. So meeting Zephora, uh the idea that he would recognize something in her kind of didn't click as anything that I'm like, I don't, Trunk wouldn't recognize that, yeah. I don't think. But when Don said, you know, hey, you, you feel kind of a kindred spirit in like your magic or something like that, I'm like, oh, well, that that's new that I can maybe connect with. And that, now that's going to have me very curious. And I might have, she might say, Oh yeah, you, you know, you were, you worship. I literally have to look Asana. And I'm like, do I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like if yeah, you say so, like right. both, both to Don and to Zavora, yeah. like trunks going to be like, I, I have a friend who talks to my mind. Someone put a label on it that necessarily. Didn't. Right. And yeah. like, you know, is this label, that I'm yeah. getting from civilization, like, is that, is that good? Because now it's knowledge and maybe it'll help me figure things out in the future. Or is this just more of civilization trying to trap yeah, something that's you. bigger yeah. and more beautiful than they understand? And that's cool. I, as the player, don't yet know how Trunk is going to react yeah, to that. That's oh, we'll good, have to see. You certainly <laughs> could use them on the docks, all right? Throwing things around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a job for Trunk. <laughs> So, so do you have any questions for us? I mean, with, with you, I don't know what the next step is because obviously this seems like a build-up adventure. And it is going to be interesting how we come back and say, so guys, what are you doing today? <laughs> it's kind of boring life now, isn't it? Are you guys going to go back to the forest? Is You know, I mean. Well, and I specifically wanted a, like a little bit of a lurch. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what, I mean, obviously we're not going to spend an hour sure. in that because that's no fun. But have that be something you experience, mm -hmm. which I think, you know, that, that where you're just talking about, or you, when you're talking about Tommy, you know, you, how do you go back to your normal life? Mm -hmm. And that, that is kind of a scene where when you have this experience and it changes you, well, how do you go back to your normal life? And what does that look mm -hmm. like? Mm -hmm. And are you then the first person that answers the next call? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you, you, you know, you guys have started the hero's journey. Um, and what you know, building this campaign has been very different, I think, from every other campaign I've I've done before. Because it's it's gonna be very influenced by choices you guys make. Uh, I, I have some like a, a several like really large plots sure. that I don't know what you're gonna latch on to, but I, I do I'm I'm seeing what your characters are interested in. And that's part of the part of the reason now thinking about doing this type of session is I don't want to try to force you guys down a path. I want, I want to have the next thing be like, oh, we need to take care of this because it's important to us. So you're like an angler and you've got like three mm -hmm. poles, you know, th three lines out there. It's whatever hook this fish, fish bites, right? A, a little bit. Yeah. I, I think I know which one mm. at this point is going to be the biggest concern for yeah. you. What I'm surprised with this, I think, and I've talked to Jeff a little bit about it. It says, like, what we ran into first and second level, these are not, like, typically, at least in my play, in my experience, these aren't pushovers that we've fought from oh. the first level experience level. I don't know what everybody else thought. I mean. I mean, you know, they were, it, it's, it's, it is, there's a little bit, there's that thread in the needle. Sure. It's like. I, yeah, I, I tried to give you interesting challenges. It's not an insult, or I like the way it's just more of a challenge, I think, fighting first level, the things that we have, because they have more resistances than we're used to. Like just a, a guy or some guards or some goblins or something that was very straightforward, this is what it is, what you're fighting. Yeah. You know, much more of like a, uh, we had to use certain kind of spells or resistances or just a little more of a challenge. I like that, but it that's that's like a way to dive right into it, you know? I mean, I, and I'm going to do my best to keep it interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, it, having a mundane, repetitive fight, I, I don't think sure. is all that interesting. But also it's like, well, you know, we got to keep the action up. There's an action story sure. balance. And, you know, even now kind of listening back to the first few episodes, it's like I, I, I did go against the grain because mm -hmm. there's like, you know, 
everybody usually starts with an action hook. Like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to start a new party. You guys don't know each other. Roll initiative, and we're going to have a start of the fight. Mm-hmm. And you get that adrenaline going. Sure. But once you guys, you know, had made your characters, it's like, yeah, that's not going to work. I, 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 I don't want to have something that just illogically throws you together. I, you know, we we're building a little story that drew you in. I think and, in storytelling that can become seen as lazy if you do that route. You know, like, oh, hey, everybody's in a bar. Let's throw down. I mean, yeah. people hear that all the time. If they play their own games, how many people out there have been in a bar and decide to that, join a party and their best friends the next day? I mean, because that, that's, that's, the, that's the classic. It's that's easy. the trope. It's yeah. Ha- yeah, yeah, you all meet in the bar. And, I mean, I knew absolutely we're not going to start the story that way. I mean, and I have... I've been like, I have this list of interesting ways to start campaigns. I've been yeah. like, you know, trying to come up with things that are done. That's good. I think bar. a lot of DMs need that because uh, I get caught in that own thing too. Because it's, it's, you know, it, I don't know if it's always lazy. It's just, it's just, well, it's kind of the easiest way. It's, it, it gets things going. You a lot of things easy and lazy. It's like, yeah. A little like, bit, but it's like where, you know. I, where to start. Yeah. Where to start. What's the hook? So I, I'm excited challenge. about the next hook and I'm excited to see where you guys go. And I just think that hooks mm-hmm. should be. Interesting in themselves. The hook should be an adventure itself, which you did. You know what I mean? Like a hook doesn't, shouldn't just be, if you want to just meet in the bar, that's great. Or you're being hired by the same person and we don't meet. That's fine. You get really into the action. But I think there should be some intrigue and some interest in like almost a mini adventure in the hook itself, getting to know each other and like how we meet. It can be, I think, very interesting if it's done right away. I'm looking forward in the interim in um, now that they know that I exist in harassing the heck out of Tommy and Brina's mom. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think I the next side quest will be uh, Tommy and Xena um, basically uh, hunting down pixies. Yeah, we're going to have like a buddy <laughs> action film. <laughs> Call it Pixie Patrol. Ooh, yeah. Pixie Patrol. Where... Yeah, where did the guys go? I've not seen him for a while. Where have, I don't know. They talked about going into the forest, hunting down pixies. Yeah, you know. And so and I am going to throw another silver into the bucket here. So we, I, I did actually get the coins out. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a shared coin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to toss a silver in there, um, for ignoring the side quest today. Mm-hmm. And this is something that if you played played with me long enough. You, you know I do this because I love it. I love putting out hooks mm. or, you know, teases to see right. what you're going to take advantage of. So opening up that door and looking down into the darkness, yeah. you guys had to make a choice. Oh, right? We talked yeah. about it. Yeah, like <laughs> they did. They talked about, they talked about it off air. It's like, do we go play the safe route and get the, get the cure back? Mm-hmm. Or do we risk everything Mm-hmm. And go out of our way for no reason now to go just because, oh, we're adventurers. And you guys actually really thought about it. You're like, no, we need to go back. Right. And whatever's down there can wait. And, and that's actually like, that's, that's role. That's like the, the heart of role playing is like, mm-hmm. we're really thinking about the ramifications the of this because of, yeah. you don't know what's down there. And because I've already told you, the world is asynchronous yeah. and there might be something down there that can just kill you. Well, like, when we were talking off air, Jeff mentioned like this. There was a lot of stuff in this room. Mm-hmm. There was a we we encountered a lot of stuff in just yeah. a small little area. When you think about it, so I just don't think we were with the way we were feeling and the spell counts and the unrested. I don't think we just felt safe. We felt like we were in danger. We would put ourselves into danger as well. Mm-hmm. So then we would have died, and then everybody else in town would have died. Yep. So I mean, it all adds up. So that is something that that you that yeah, I will always continue to do. Like there's going to be things along the way that you are going to be the ones that decide. Did you throw a little bit of the, the dire boar just to see what we would do? Or did you pretty much know that we would walk paddle um, right past it? Or are you trying to tell us what we avoided by taking the water route? <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. A little bit of both. It is that. Yeah, no, that was, that was, that was something that was in the woods. And that's the thing is that just because you took the safe route, mm-hmm. like I wanted you to say, yeah, yeah, there's some stuff out here yeah. that you don't want to stumble on in the dark. Yeah. Um, just to be aware. Yeah. There's, there's the end, but also why is there a dire boar out there? Yeah. Right. Cause there's like in this world, dire creatures um, are like normal creatures that have kind of been infused with like by a magic source. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, 
creatures that breed and there's not packs of dire boars. So whenever you find these dire creatures, there's a reason they became that way. Would they the warg be the same thing, you think? No, the wargs, wargs are just creatures. Sure. They, they actually... Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I know a lot of times because those two can get misunderstood. Like, like a dire wolf. Dire wolf and wargs can be... People right. can see the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're... They're dangerous in different ways. Statistically, yeah. you know, on paper they're differently, obviously. But well, because mm. because like the dire creatures um, are larger. Yeah. Like the warg, they're a medium creature. They're they're a large for a wolf, but yeah. they're not. I mean, their 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 danger is that they're clever. They can make plans. They can build traps. Sure. And you know they can you know in this case he kind of had his little, like oh look I'm going to take this place over. Mm-hmm. Um, Mentally, they're more dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Where like a dire wolf. It's just a big, dangerous brood of deadly mm-hmm. biting. Like that's why I was a little confused. Yeah. I was expecting a large wolf, like physically in care, you know, map size. Yeah, like the, a large leader of wolves. Yeah, like yeah. Dire, I mean, dire wolf would be a leader of wolves, not because male or female. It doesn't matter. Um, they would follow after that. Yeah, um, because of, just of, a, of its size, right? People, the other wolves would probably just respect that. That it can die. <laughs> I don't know if, if that's how wolves think. I mean, like, hey, this is a magical realm. We'll just leave it. Okay, it's yeah, fine. it's fine. It's, it's all fine. Yeah. Wolves magic. Think. All right. Well, we. I mean, we hit an hour. We try to keep our sessions Good. where uh, yeah, people are like, uh, yeah, they do. Um, but thank you guys for the for the kind of that decompression. I, I think that we will do. Like this type of thing, when it makes sense after, you know, chapters and such. chapters. Yeah, thank you. Can we I also was... put this out there? Is anybody who wants, who's listening? Thank you for listening. They can feel free to ask questions too, because I yeah. think we've always been through either Dungeon Patrol or this Adventure's Edge. We've been really open, I think, to answer questions because we get excited about questions and and answering them from our world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, feel free to send a question on the, the Facebook group. Feel free to email questions at adventuresedgerpg.com. Uh, we definitely engage with people on Facebook. So if you like start posting stuff, I think any one of us might just reply. It's whoever kind of sees it first. And if we don't see it right away, you know, we will, we'll reply to everything because we don't have a million followers yet. (laughs) So (laughs) that's not a problem. So for now we can reply to everything you give us. So feel free to reach out. Uh, We would love to hear, you know, what you think about the show where you would like to see us go. If you have some input and thoughts, feedback, that'd be great. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, then uh, we're going to call that a wrap. Congratulations, guys. Uh, We'll maybe talk about your level two powers and stuff Mm. next session, and we'll get into the hook. All right. See you next time. See ya. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our show and want more, please leave us a rating and review on whichever platform you use. And of course, feel free to share us on social media. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of TELUS. To tide you over, you can read more about the cast, characters, and the world of TELUS at AdventuresEdgeRPG.com. And if you're going out on your own adventure, remember, even heroes need time for quiet reflection. Stay safe out there.